Ian Collins wants a word. Powered by the hard-working Mitsubishi L200. So, Kev. So, tell everybody who you just saw in the street. You know, this has been the most exciting moment of my whole day, and it's really? been a hell of a day. But I was just standing there on yep. my mobile phone, actually waiting for you to show up, because you were delayed a little bit, it has yeah. to be said. And you know who walked past me? You do know, because I told you by text. I, I do know, but yeah. for the purpose of this, I'll go, no, who walked past you? You're half right when you say no. The answer is Noel Edmonds walked Noel past Edmonds Noel Edmonds walked, Noel walked Edmonds. past me. Andre, did you hear that? He didn't look at me. Did he not? It was definitely him, though. And I was like, it's Noel Edmonds. Here's the thing, though. How much more exciting would that have been if it was 20 years ago? Oh, well, I During the Edmonds heyday. I would have been able to contain myself. You wouldn't have been able to contain yourself. But the thing about Noel is, you have to yeah. appreciate, firstly, a little bit taller than I, I thought he would be. Really? Because he was playing on the sort of short man thing. Yeah. And I expect- Out of nowhere that appeared, by the way, that gag. I'm a short man. It, never, it was never referenced on radio, ever. No, no. Uh, suddenly did the house party thing. Uh, lots of short man gags came in. Well, he wasn't particularly tall, but I expected yeah. him to be like this little pixie man. Sort of hopping along, sort of jumping in, his, in your pocket. Yeah, like jumping in a remote control yeah, helicopter yeah, and flying yeah. off again. Wow. You know. Maybe this will start a, a kind of a theme that's going to happen to you on a weekly basis. Who knows? Next week, Dave Lee Travis might walk past you and. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you never can tell. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, Noel has his own radio station now. Does he? I, I'm amazed how little publicity this really? gets. Really? He has his own radio station. Yeah. It's called Positively Happy or some such nonsense. Right. And it just plays happy tunes and makes people happy all the time. It's online, obviously. It seems like it could be a winner. friend of mine, okay, he is a media honcho. Right. Uh, he went on holiday and he was staying at a friend's house. And the friend said, oh, we've got some other friends coming over. This is in France uh, later this evening. And one of them was Noel Edmonds <laughs> who pitched up. Right. And Noel likes his kind of alternative therapies. He's a big spirit. He's very, he's very spiritual, spiritual isn't he? Yeah. And, and good on him and all of that for the spiritualness. Well done, Noel. But he tried to flog my mate an electric bed. Did he? He didn't personally go, look, I've got this bed. <laughs> he dragged it I don't it know what to do him. with it. Right. It's going for 30 notes. He was explaining the benefits of a certain kind of, I think it was a bed or a mattress or something. If you sleep on it, you live 100 years longer. You sleep like a prince. But why would people have to buy one? Because can't they just ask the cosmos to give it to them and then it'll show up? That's true. Isn't that the theory? Isn't that how he got the... That's how he got his lunch today. Che- cheese and pickle sandwich it was. Yeah. Yeah, just he ask just the universe. Ask the universe and up popped Asani. Yeah. Uh, did he not... Yeah, he says that, doesn't he, about deal or no deal. That he, he kind of, yeah, asked for it. Even though it was offered to Chris Evans first and he turned it down. Oh, was it really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I know that they were very keen to get... Uh, to he get turned it down on the basis that he thought it was shit. <laughs> and he was probably right. And that, it's a game that I don't... It's a game that should, in theory, take about five minutes. And he's turned it into also, this thing. Yeah, and also now the contestant leaves the chair and they start walking around as if there's some kind of philosophy and science behind this. Yeah. It's a box. Open the fucking box. <laughs> It'll either make you rich or you'll just be as well off as you were before you started. That's a very positive way to look at it. It is. That's my yeah. positive outtake on Deal or No Deal. You... Open the fucking <laughs> box! Ian Collins wants a word. Very exciting. Uh, we're talking dick in just a little while. Yeah, well. But first, questions. It's questions and feedback via social media. If you have anything you want to say to us, please be polite. Yes. Kev at onceaword.com, Ian at onceaword.com, yes. Twitter at Ian Collins UK, and at Sideshow underscore Kev. That's the one. Great. Uh, from Simone Scissorlips. 
Simone asks, what do you think of the BBC losing the voice? Why the f*** would you ask us that? Clearly bored. The BBC has lost the world's worst talent show. I, I look. I don't, I don't watch stuff like that anyway, and it's not to say that people oh, who come on, you're an X Factor man. No, I'm not at all. I'm not at all. Used to watch X Factor. I bet you loved it when Grimmy joined the team. No, but the thing about X Factor yeah. is that the audition stuff, when it was just like them in an office building yeah. somewhere, and you would have like really horribly shit <laughs> people going up. Yes. that was fun. And then you'd get into the oh, who's going to win? Didn't really care about that. I haven't watched it for years. The voice though just passes me by. Yeah, it really does. Do you think it was bad that Tom Jones was pulled off? You know, Tom, obviously... Not for the first time. <laughs> well... As, What's the cough, by the way? As you know... Well, you, you know, Tom, as a, as a proud black man, uh, will be uh, will obviously be uh, looking to, to research... You know about this story. He's having his DNA tested. He's 75 years old. He's having yeah. his DNA tested because he thinks he might be black. Really? I'm not making this up. Has he ever looked in the mirror? He reckoned his mother developed, like, dark patches when he was born. And really? he's getting himself tested in case he is actually black. So he's not. So he might be in pigmentation terms. He might be black rather than his historic lineage being Afro Caribbean. Well, he's, so he's, he's definitely yeah. a pasty Welshman. Hairy Welsh he is. But yeah. he might have uh, black pigmentation based on the fact that his mother had some kind of skin issue. Look, it isn't really the same as saying you're black, <laughs> is it? It's, really? Look, it sounds to me like you you should give him a call. I think you've got you've basically explained what he needs to know. Uh, but uh, as for the voice, I don't care. Who's on it now? Is Rita Ora still on it, or has she gone to the X Factor? She's on the X Factor. She's on the X Factor. With Grimmy. Yeah. <laughs> and Grimmy. Yeah. And oh, Boy George is replacing ah, Tom Jones. Boy George. And now ITV have nicked it, and it's probably going to go on the same channel as the X Factor or something like that. We think ITV is... The whole problem with the voice is that it's a, a kind of one feature pony. Yeah. It's the chair thing. Once the chair's turned around... The whole thing comes tumbling down. It yeah. just becomes a sort of fairly lame talent show. However, it's been massive in the States. It has. Uh, and the BBC paid a lot of money, and they had probably had no right to be buying that kind of caper. But with I think, licensed folks' money, with poor people's money. I think your original point stands, which is, why the f*** are people asking us about The Voice in the first place? Yeah, let's move on. But, you know, it's nice to sound contemporary, like we know what we're doing. <laughs> uh, from Johnny Alpha. Johnny Alpha says, Andre, we're going to need some music for this. Uh, CD 12, track 3. I've got to leave old Darren. No, that's track 4. Track 3. That's track 1. Look, you arsehole, get it right. That's better. I think he's coming to work drunk again. Is that track 3? Uh, no, that's this is right. Yeah, this is absolutely correct. I mean, it'll be track 3, but it's what we need. Uh, Johnny writes, Heard you talking about Tony Hart's gallery last episode, and Kev said he thought it was a cunning TV ruse, and the pictures were made up. Well, when I was 10, I had a picture in Tony Hart's gallery when his show was Heartbeat. Remember Heartbeat? It was yeah. kind of like a sequel to Take Heart. He nicked the gallery and took it with him. He did. It? Yes. Um, second time he nicked it, actually, because he nicked it from Vision On in the first place. So hang on, it went Vision On. Vision On. Take Heart. Take Heart. And then Heartbeat. Uh, so Johnny had a picture in the gallery when he was 10. It was of a singing horse playing the banjo <laughs> while, a, while a pixie quietly weeps. True so to his Picasso drawings. <laughs> True to his word, I did not get the picture back, though. I wonder where it went. They would have burned it, Johnny, if your story is indeed true. They would have set fire to the bloody thing. I think Tony had a kind of, you know, he'd take the ones that looked as if 
that they were some kind of uh, modern art or could have been. And he'd nip down the auction house and go, trust me, I'm Tony Hart. Uh, <laughs> this is a Modigliani. No, no, no. I, I, no, Tony was a... Look, as one of the few... I'll se- throw a morph in. As, as one of the few 70s kids personalities yeah. whose reputation is intact, I think it's fair to say that he, he, wouldn't, have, he wouldn't have done we that. We had him on the radio show, didn't we? Uh, that's right, yeah. Yeah, that was... Um, we had him, we had Brian Kant and Johnny Morris. And Johnny had been enjoying the red wine. <laughs> he had certainly been enjoying yeah. the red wine. Uh, quite a lot. We asked him if he lived with monkeys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he said, he said, don't be so bloody ridiculous. <laughs> They'd wreck your house. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, uh, so, yeah, so, uh, I don't know. I mean, someone is claiming, but this could be somebody uh, affiliated. That's the same person that reckons they've got a blankety-blank check. I bet it is. Pen, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next next thing you know, they'll This is start, a BBC PR machine. Yeah, and they'll yeah. start appearing on, like, eBay. Yeah. So, Shipping <laughs> out propaganda for the <laughs> basis of our podcast. So biased, the BBC. They're yeah. so biased, oh, aren't yes. they? Yeah, all those little... We're going to expose everyone. I bet you you'll discover in a couple of weeks' time that, in fact, that window on PlaySchool was never really round. <laughs> It's funny though. I, I actually saw somebody. Uh, I, I referenced this um, a couple of weeks ago about Facebook and people having opinions they know are right. Like the BBC is biased. Yes, and we can't trust the BBC. And somebody in a post actually wrote, "The BBC is so biased, it's unbelievable." If you want the truth, watch Russia Today. Yes, <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that's what the hell? that's quite a that's quite a common one from that group. The other one um, is Press TV, which is funded by the Iranian government. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, if you want good, impartial journalism, watch Press TV, hosted yeah. by George Galloway. That's it. And, and I think with uh, with Russia Today, they actually there was an interview that they did where it was like, uh, so Mr. I'm not going to do a Russian accent, uh, but uh, so Mr. Putin, why are you so popular? It's basically their line yes. of questioning. Why are you great? Uh, from Baynard Rimmer. <laughs> Baynard writes, I noticed your best mate Jeremy Corbyn finally kissed the Queen's ring. Steady. Yeah. What would you do, Collins? Bow, kneel, or curtsy. What do you do? Yes, well, he was... I, I'm, I'm a bit of a Corbyn supporter on this point. Oh. Uh, well, only because he spent a lifetime being a Republican and an anti-monarchist, anti-royalist. Yeah. And I just think now everyone's saying, well, you know, if you want to do this, you've got to you know, play this game. And it's, it's kind of a happy compromise. And he's saying, OK, well, I, I'd rather not kneel. I just think that's a little over the top and a bit strange. Mm. But he did... Kiss the Queen's gloved digit. I understand. Yeah, I, I, that's all right. I, I mean, I, I if he suddenly became, you know, Mister Royalist, the whole Jeremy Corbyn thing dilutes, doesn't it? But isn't that the theory about Corbyn when he was? If, welcome to daily politics. Isn't that the thing about Corbyn though? There was going to be um, uh, that he would get it, and then they'd sort of make him a sort of uh, pink Tony Blair type clone. Yeah, but that's not going to happen, is it? No, it's not going to happen. And if you look at who he's employed around him, the multi-millionaire posh boy Seamus Milne, yes, who's his sort of policy uh, chief. I mean, you cannot begin. There are no words in the English language to describe how left-wing Seamus Milne is. Yeah, I mean, he makes Jeremy Corbyn look like Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> this is kind of the territory uh, we're in. So, yes, all they've done is got kind of gone back, you know, where they were, where they left off in about nineteen eighty-one or something. It's not kind of new politics. New politics. It's the new way. It's the no frills. Well, it's not. It's frills in a different kind of way. Yeah, but it's not new. It's old. They've just simply reverted to what it used to be, and for, that might be the right thing for some people. I think it might be odd. The world, forget this country, has moved on in thirty, forty years. 
That's my take on it, Kev. Well, I think that's very valuable. Do you have a radio show that we can listen to to hear more of these views? No. From Lionel Fitz, regarder of tits. <laughs> Lionel writes, A few weeks ago, somebody asked you bozos what classic comedy stars you'd met, and in true once-a-word style, you went off on one and forgot to answer. So you never did tell us. Classic comedy stars. I think it was when we somebody asked about it and we uh, started talking about, I'm guessing, decanters. Uh, but we didn't actually answer yes. any. say that we'd actually met any. We wandered off the point. Well, I think this comes under that category. Stephen Lewis, who played Blakey in On the Bus. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, that yeah. is a good one. Well, I, I didn't just meet him, but when I was... You <laughs> him. <laughs> he wished. <laughs> okay. There was my first discovery. Oh, right. Uh, of okay. Blakey from On the Buses. Yeah. So I was kind of doing what you might call work experience at a radio station. Oh, yeah. And the radio station got involved in a pantomime at a theatre. And it had, I can't remember, there was a girl from Neighbours in it, Fiona Cork, her name was. Fiona Cork. Yeah, she played Gail Robinson, I think. Oh, that makes sense. In Neighbours, yeah, yeah, she was right. the star. Yeah. And she was really lovely. And Stephen Lewis from On the Buses, he was... Uh, Twanky? The, 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 the pirate, no, it's Peter Pan, I think. Yeah, it was Peter Pan. Twanky? He was the, the pirate bloke, um, Captain Hook. Right. So a guy I used to work with was this other pirate that was part of his gang. And when he was somehow, as this sort of 17-year-old, I got the job as the understudy with no, no much. So no. every now and again, I'd be, on, I'd be on stage with Blakey for On the Buses, which I never got, uh, I never quite got over. But the one thing that stood out for me is I was, so we had to share a dressing room for a little while. And then I think he requested one on his own. But dur- so during this first period of time, there I was, as this wet behind the ears bloke that had never done anything in the media, sharing a dressing with Blakey from on the buses, and this girl walked in who was the like the stage manager. I kid you not, this actually happened. Mm. And uh, he did talk a bit like that most of the time. <laughs> he was a bit posher. And this girl walked in, and she went, "Oh, uh, Mr. Lewis, the um, uh, the, the, the the call is going to be about five minutes uh, earlier than normal this evening." And he just turned to her and he went, why don't you f*** off? (laughs) I told you, f*** right off. (laughs) And I thought it was a joke. And I looked around and she looked crestfallen. He looked really angry. And he just finished his rant with, go on, f*** off. (laughs) I just thought, hang on. I remember telling my dad that night, going, you won't believe what I witnessed today. Blakey from On The Buses. Extraordinary. He was a cantankerous old bastard. <laughs> well, yeah, just an utterly miserable git. He's no longer with us, is he? No, he, no he, he went to the, the, the great uh, bus depot in the sky, along uh, with Reg and the other fella. That, uh, the other fella, yeah, whose name no one could ever remember. No. Jack in the program. That was him, yeah. Handsome devil. <laughs> I um, yes. When we were at uh, talk, talk Radio back in the day, yeah. I, might, I, probably, I must have told you the story, but I've not told it on this podcast. You had the reception area of the building, and then you had, outside of that, you had, like, a lift vestibule yep. area. And the other side of that, there were, there were the toilets. So, yeah. obviously, they were in rooms. It wasn't just, like, you pissed by the lift. <laughs> so, I went out and um, and went to the loo and came back. The lift door opens, and uh, Dave Allen walked out with really? his wife. And he was sort of standing there, and they had all the pictures of the Got his hand up. caught in a lift? No. Uh, but he was looking kind of, uh, you know, unsure as to where he was. And he said, oh, excuse me, young man, is this is this talk radio? Now, I have to say, at this point, there was a f***ing great big sign that said talk radio. Yeah. But nonetheless, um, I said, yes, it is. And um, I said, okay, I've got a pass. I'll let you in. 
So I swiped my pass and opened the door, and I said, I held the door open for him and his wife, and I said, after you. And he said, no, 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 please, after you. I said, no, really, after you. And he says, no, no, after you, and when you're gone, I'll complain about you to my wife. So I walked through the door. <laughs> As I'm walking through the door, yeah. he turns to his wife and goes, did you see that bastard? <laughs> <laughs> did he have a stall glued to his arse? He did, actually, yeah. And yeah. a glass of whiskey. He did. Yeah. It was, it really, that's why he had trouble with the lifts. Yeah, I think so. Uh, from Apple Pie Pete. I think we used to work with, didn't we? Apple I pie, Pete. We did, yes. Yeah, yeah. What's your favourite pie? Mine's apple, obviously. Oh, I don't know, cherry cottage. Not right now, Kev. From the Podman. The Podman writes: I'm interested in Ian's process when he's in front of a microphone. How does his mind work? I mean, he doesn't swear on the radio, but does on once a word. No, I don't. How does he stop himself telling a caller to fuck off? And has he ever forgotten himself and actually done it? No, I haven't. But some people, apparently, not where I work now, uh, but in the past, because you have a delay system, don't you? So you press a little button, or the dump button. And the theory is, if a caller upsets you, you could tell them to off. Yeah. Then press the button, fast cutting yourself out as well. Yeah. But good luck to anybody who wants to risk that. But there are stories that people, apocryphal, I'm sure. That people have given that a go. But you've never actually got so incensed that you've just got... I have got incensed with some people. Because it's usually when people think you've said something you haven't said. And then they go, I've got it on tape. Yeah. Got it on tape? What does that mean? (laughs) I'm in a radio, so you think we haven't got it on tape? These people sitting there with a stack of C90s. I know. Recording everything you say. Uh, But that, you know, such is the way of the world in the heady world of phone-based radio. Is is it just your... I mean, because here you're in front of a microphone. Yeah, true. Someone in the uh, engineering room could accidentally plug us into the... The giant worldwide network, and you could say something like, um, stain my and that yes. would go out on the air. Luckily, the profanitator just made that, you know, go away yes. for us. Well, that's what I mean. People say I swear on this, but I don't. I just go, or wag, wag, oopsie. Yeah, I know. See, it's amazing. Funny noises come it, out it, my mouth. It's, it's like a, it's like a trick. If only you could do that on that, uh, that big radio station around the corner. Yeah. That would be excellent. Nothing more entertaining than Collins in the middle of a big debate <laughs> on the state of uh, the state of politics, suddenly giving us a little bit of quack quack oops. <laughs> and back to Syria. Uh, <laughs> Finally, Esther from Little Nobby from the lobby. I saw that a guy who was terminally ill got his dying wish to see the new Star Wars movie before it was released. This was a touching and rare moment of kindness from the money man in Hollywood. If you only had three hours left to live. <laughs> What film would you watch? Did you see that story about the guy who... Well, I, I did. It makes me not want to see it if you die after watching. I mean, no, I mean, it was... Uh, yeah, I did. It was a... Um, it was nice. It was a lovely uh, story. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, probably The Boys in Blue, Cannon and Paul. <laughs> well, that's not bad. That's a good way to go. I don't, yeah. And again, I've forgotten about that. I hadn't thought about that film in, like, years. Yeah, I wonder if you can still buy it. Do you think it's on Blu-ray? Probably. Special, you know... Boys in Blu-ray. Yeah. Right, this podcast is over. It's just over. We're done here. Nothing's going to drag me back. All right, I'm back. Yeah. I would go for, uh, well, my one of my all-time favorite films, The Incredible Two-Headed Transplant, uh, in which Casey Kasem plays a reporter, or a film called The Room. Have you seen The Room? No, I haven't seen The Room. The Room is a film made in the 90s, and it is beyond shit. It's just, it's horrible on every level. The Prince Charles Cinema in London town have uh, every so often they show it when they can get a print and the place is packed out because people haven't 
Haven't seen it before. Who's in the room? A guy called Tommy Wiseau, uh, who, who wrote it, starred in it, directed it, yeah. sang the theme tune, all of that kind of thing. It's just horrible. The funny thing about it is, I before it started to become a, a night, I actually managed to get a copy on DVD. So I'm coming around your house at the weekend. Is it good? It's awful. But it thinks it's But is it awfully good? good? No. Right. No, it, it literally... I don't want so to... So why do they show it then? Right. Because clearly people want to see it because it's awful. Yes, because it's so, so bad. So its cult status is that it's... Yes. Okay. It's so, so bad. How old is this? Uh, I'm going to say about 10 years old, maybe. Okay. And he financed it and it was going to make him a big star. And it did make him a big star. Kind of. Not what he had in but mind. But not at all okay. what he had in mind. Uh, but there are clips on YouTube. If you search yeah. for The Room... Then uh, particularly look for The Room, and uh, I think the title of the clip is Hello Doggy, and um, <laughs> it's not what you think. And um, all of the dialogue is, the film's so bad, the dialogue's out of sequence, so you actually have somebody providing their lines, the, the answers to the questions before the questions have been asked. No. This is what we're talking, that's just one example of the greatness of this terrible movie. I see it now. Yes, it is that feature that takes a long, hard look at life's knobheads, kids. You know the kind of folk, those who, regardless of sex, status or faith, find themselves acting in a penile-based manner. They might be off the telly, they could be your mate or even your neighbour. It's possible it's your other half, whoever they are, wherever they lurk. These are the kind of people who, from time to time, display such traits of sheer dumbass buffoonery. You find yourself concluding only one thing. Hey! hey! You're being a dick. Kev, have you got one? Oh, I see. That's nice. It's usually dick, Kev. (laughs) I do, actually. I do have one. And this is an actual real-life experience, because usually with a dick, you'll be like, can you? Mine's a real-life one as well. Bieber's a dick or whatever. Now, this was when, because as you know, I have a a couple of uh, junior side shows, and uh, one of junior side, the junior side shows, the littlest one, you you know, you put in a push chair to get around. You know this. I mean, uh, young Sandy's probably got his own... No BMW, mobile, yes, yeah. Um, so walking along this this uh, this pavement, it's a very narrow pavement. There's a road on one side, and there's parked cars on the road, and on the other side, there's a hedge. It's a big hedge, big prickly hedge. So you've got that picture in your head, right? Yeah. So there's not really much room to maneuver past anybody. You can just about get through if you stop and squeeze. So walking up this path with the pushchair up ahead, coming around the corner, I see three youngish boys. On bikes, right? Now, that's not unusual. But you would think, well, there's a, a man, or probably an old man to them, with a pushchair, so I'll stop. They didn't stop or say anything. Now, the thing about this is that right behind them is their mother, who is basically walking along looking at her phone and is completely disinterested. It's not just me. There are other people having to step out of the way of these kids. The kids aren't the dicks in this scenario. No, no. In order to escape from the bikes, I had to literally throw myself and Sideshow Jr. into the hedge. Did you? Yes. So I'm standing, I'm I'm like pushed, I had to push myself into the hedge, because these kids aren't going to stop. The mother is just like, not looking at all. And I pull myself out of the hedge, right, and dust myself off, and she walks towards me, and for the first time, she puts her phone away, and she steps to one side just a little bit, and I walk through, and give her, you know, just, because I'm pretty angry at this point and as I'm walking through I walk past her and what does she say but you're welcome 
because she stood to one side Stop it. and let me through. And she said, you're welcome. She was taking the... What a, that is a classic case of somebody who is... Being a dick. Correct. The joke was on her, though, because I set fire to her. <laughs> it's the only way to treat these kind of people. It really is. Well, I've got a similar kind of an... Well, it's... No, in fact. See, my other half, she says that this should not be an annoyance, but it is an annoyance. And I'm talking about synchronised dog-walking man. <laughs> now, here's, so here's what happened. I take the dog for a walk, and I don't know how this occurs, but and I've got a set route. And part of that route is I go round, so I walk up the road, and there's a big kind of green, and it's square. And somehow, whenever I hit that corner of the green, on the other corner is another man, an older man, walking his dog. Okay. And it appears that whatever time of day I get to the corner of the green, he's on the opposite corner. Right. Now, I could go left or right, but this sucker... Wants to talk to me. Oh, no. So he has synchronized his walk to match my walk, the C- speed and the pace. So it's a kind of... Okay. I'm having this kind of Western standoff. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, there's synchronized dog-walking man again. And he's looked across, and he's clearly seen me. I thought, oh, that's my young friend over there. I think I'll have a chat with him. <laughs> and he's walking his little pooch, and I'm walking mine. And I'm going down now alongside the green, and he's coming alongside the other. Every now and again, I've done a kind of an about turn and gone the other way. And he turns around and goes the other way. I can't lose synchronized dog walking, man. Because no. as, as I walk on my side of the green, he's walking on his side. And I start to speed up, thinking I can get to the next corner before he does, and then just carry on walking. And I won't have to. But then he speeds up, and then I slow down, and he slows down. So we always meet on the uh, corner of the green, and he starts to have a chat. And my other half said to me, she goes, he's probably a lonely old man who just wants to talk to you. And with that in mind, I spent the next two days feeling guilty and engaging in all manner of idle banter with synchronized dog walking man, only a week later to go to the pub and see him in the pub. He's holding court like Ray <laughs> King Liotta in a Scorsese movie. <laughs> He's not a lonely old man at all. He's just a man who likes talking to people incessantly. Unlike you. Yes, I don't like talking to anybody, of course. Uh, but, you know, I mean, she has a point in that maybe it's just like that time in the morning. He's like, oh, it's a nice young gentleman walking his, his uh, pretend, he times it. pretend dog. And he he's, times it. Yeah, but that's just like... I think he must sit there on the corner until I arrive and go, oh, here comes. You know, I sort of had him pegged down as a bit of a J.R. Hartley character. Right. Not any longer, dog-walking bozo. Well, if you're listening, dog-walking bozo, uh, uh, give us a call. We'll get you on and you can you can talk to Ian. Justify for... yourself. It would, sa- it would save me a task. Mikey in Wakefield says, Can I nominate my local shopkeeper who decided he wouldn't have a poppy collection tin in his shop, but he does have one for a rabbit charity? This ties into another story I read recently of a man who left his entire estate to two horse charities. Who are these utter cockwombles who think <laughs> that a rabbit needs 50 quid or a horse needs a new set of teeth or whatever <laughs> the hell they do with it? Yeah, I don't think they actually give the money to the rabbit and go, here's 50 pounds. If Corbyn wants to become prime minister, then he should start by proposing that anyone leaving money to animals should be sent to live with the little fuckers for a year. I think 12 <laughs> months in a pig pen might change their minds. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, animal charities do a lot of great work for... Animals. Say, you know, false teeth for horses and yeah. uh, fake tails for cats and stuff like that. I wonder what a, a tooth implant costs for a, for a nag. Would you bother? 
depends if you want a good-looking one or not. Okay, well, hello. Louis Brentwood says, My dick nomination is Boris Johnson for his inflammatory marks about Israel. Is there really a person in the land who actually thinks this man would make a good prime minister? Show of hands, please, in the studio. Uh, There's about six of us in here. Show of hands if you think Boris would make a good prime minister. I wonder he's just put his hand up. Oh, he's put it down again. Yeah, no, it's Boris Johnson, not Boris Gardner. <laughs> Kenny the Drayman says, I'd like to nominate the 70-year-old man who, no matter where you live in the country, is always standing outside of Weatherspoons, having a pint and a cigarette at half past ten every morning. <laughs> who is he? He's everywhere. He usually looks like a former teddy boy sort with the remnants of a quiff and some faded tattoos. <laughs> Does his wife know he's there? And how does he manage to be in 312 places at once? Well, you know who he is. Who is he? He's the dad of the two guys. Whenever there's a hint of sunshine, you always see two guys with their tops off with a dog on a bit of rope. walking. That's down their the dad, yeah. There's always that fella standing out there, isn't there? He's there from early doors. Usually on a Monday where they do the fish and chip deal with a pint for a fiver. That sounds pretty good, though, doesn't Probably it? Probably gone up a bit now. Yeah. Uh, and Kim says, remember me, I was the one who had the weird boyfriend who thought it was perfectly okay and normal to buy himself and wear Ugg boots, and therefore ended our relationship right there. Just thought I'd let you know that I finally met someone else. Unfortunately, he also turned out to be a... Quack, quack. <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm single again. Thought you should know. Ah, uh, well, at least his footwear was presumably... Uh... To her tastes. And also to Cookie, uh, Mark the Trilby and Paul the Red, all of whom nominated Ian Duncan Smith for the crime of abject c***ery. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. I, I'm starting to feel sorry for him because nobody likes him. Nobody likes him. And yet, in opposition, they thought, oh, this is the man with the answers. Yeah. He's the man who it was kind of trendy to sort of like because everyone disliked him so much when he was the leader. Yeah. And it's like, oh, no, he's come full circle. He knows stuff. And he used to turn up on question time and get the biggest rounds of applause than anyone else in the room. Yeah. And it was kind of weird. Hang on, who is this weird Tory who's come back almost from the the right-wing dead and has come up with all these great social ideas of how to change society? And everyone applauded him for it. When he gets into office and actually starts to implement everything he said he was going to do, Mm -hmm. suddenly he's a (laughs) quack-quack. True enough. Credit stream. And thank you for downloading. If you like this podcast, by the way, and want to help support it and all the usual bits and pieces, make sure you review and subscribe. That would do. That could be iTunes, could be Stitcher, whichever way you listen. Uh, Thank you to Kevin McLeod. In Compotech. He does the incidental music, by the way. Uh, thank you to Abdul on the coffee shack, no. who supplied the coffee. He's, I'm going... Uh, he seems Still to, good coffee. He's not really... Can't get better coffee. Tepid. I like it. It's getting... I don't know. We need to have words. The lattes to die for, that's all I'm saying. We are back, of course, with the Christmas special. Oh. Very, very soon. Will Guyatt's going to be on with us. <laughs> and maybe even Del Strain and a few others. It's exciting stuff. It is the Once a World Christmas special. Until then, goodbye. A Big Things Media production. Big Things. Ian Collins, Once a World. Powered by the hardworking Mitsubishi L200. Make the L200 your ultimate workmate. Hi. Can I help you? Yeah, can I have a dozen red roses, please? Oh, hi, Johnny. I didn't know it was you. Here you go. That's me. How much is it? It'll be $18. Here you go. Keep the change. Hi, doggy. You're my favorite customer. Thanks a lot. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>